Hey guys. Hey. Welcome to Half Torah with Eliana and Abigail. But I'm Abigail. <laughs> um, okay, so what's up guys? It's been a while. No, it hasn't. Yeah, it's been a minute, literally. It's like actually one minute. Um, yeah, this week's Parsha is Emor. Yeah. Um, Eliana, you want to tell us what, what happens in this Parsha? Yeah, I'll tell you all about it. We learn a lot about what the Kohanim can and can't do, what the Kohen Gadol can and can't do. We learn about the Shalosh Regalim. We learn about a man who was put to death for blasphemy. A lot of stuff going on. Whoa. Okay. So, like, what what Haftor do you think it would be? Like, okay, um, there's both, I feel like, um, Yoshua. You said Shmuel? I know Yoshua. Oh, Yoshua. Huh. Maybe Yoshua. Okay. I say Shlomo. You say Yoshua. Let's see. Yeah. We're probably both wrong. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted I just wanted to take like a big like uh big swing to the fences, you know? Yeah, totally. Like, you know what I've never seen? Like Shoftim. True. I feel like oh we had Dvora. Oh yeah. Oh my god, back in the day. Yeah, way but, back when. Like in the office then or something. Yeah. <laughs> the good old days. <laughs> Guys, we've had a lot of spots where we've done um half Torah, like in on, on top of Amudim on the roof. We've done it in the office. We've done it upstairs in that little room. Yeah, in this little room in the shoal, the, like, kiddish room. Yeah, that was a scary... That was the night when, like... um, Oh, no, that wasn't the night. There was crazy winds. Oh, yeah. That was crazy then. Yeah. That was a scary night. I remember one time I walked into Amudim with, like, hail in my hair. (laughs) Oh, my God. Insane. Uh, We also did it on the bus one time. A lot. Oh my god. So fu- oh, I'm so freaking bummed that we missed our um our Tzvat Shabbaton. Yeah. Just like I've just been in like a permanent like what if kind of stage and it's so stupid because there's no point in doing it. Oh yeah guys, yeah. it's day like six hundred of corona. Okay. Yeah. Right. Update uh, Cinco de Mayo twenty twenty. Happy holidays okay. everyone. Um for dinner. Ooh! Oh my God. Mhm. Yeah. Well, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah. Have I told you about my Dorito dreams? No. Tell me and tell everybody who's listening. Everyone, I keep on having reoccurring dreams where I'm still in Israel and I'm either like about to leave, like I'm on the plane or I'm in the airport. You did tell me. <laughs> and I literally like stop everything. I'm like stop the plane or I like run through the airport. And I go to, like, a store and I buy a bunch of bags of green Doritos because I literally, like, my physical soul regrets leaving Israel with only one bag of green Doritos. Oh, my God. It's recurring. I've had at least four of them. That's insane. I know. (laughs) Oh, my God. Someone, like, psychoanalyzed me. They're like, I think it means that you miss Israel. And I was like, no, it's because I'm obsessed with those freaking chips. Um, probably all aspects. <laughs> yeah. But really, like, I really miss those green Doritos. I might have, like, Rachel send me some. Shout out, Rachel. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wait. So, hold on. Today we had a class. It was supposed to be physics with Rabbi Ginsburg. Shout out. But in the mm-hmm. end, we didn't do physics. We basically just talked about whether corona can have, like, implications on, like, God wanting to punish the world or the Jews or, like, different stuff like that and, like, how that works. How would um, it just so- be the Jews? Like, how, how could you spin it, like, that, it's, that God wants to punish the Jews? Um, well, I mean, I wouldn't spin it that way. Yeah. I don't think that that makes any sense because obviously it's not just a Jew-centered, 
um, yeah. sort of thing. This is such a thought bubble, guys. Like, you just walked into another sheer. Most people were like, <laughs> no, it, you can't, I mean, we know the natural way of things. Like, obviously, it's like a, a pandemic, like, like it's, it's a virus. So we know how that works, how it works with bodies, like whatever, and like how it affects people. Mm-hmm. Um, but is there still the possibility to say like Hashem is angry about something and like, that's why it's having this effect on the world and everything? Like possibly, like, I don't know, yeah. I don't know if we can say yes or no, but like, then again, we're making such a big deal out of this when in reality, there've been like way, way, way worse kind of like things that were like just killing people left and right like I don't know the black plague all that like was God punishing people then like maybe yeah that's what I would say also another like scary plague right people were just on like random different sides but anyways that was not my point my point was (laughs) he was like talking about how like the guys were like encouraged to stay and stuff and it really really triggers me that we were not really encouraged to stay I mean, compared to a lot of other seminaries, Amudim held out, like, really long. Yeah, we held out longer, but that's the thing. Then we didn't. Plus, like, oh, like, are you, you're talking about Migdal, yeah? Yeah. Okay, just because, like, also, like, a lot of, like, yeshivas, like, most seminaries and most yeshivas cleared out before Amudim did. Oh, for sure, for sure. But, like, we have the same, um, like, the same director and stuff and, like, all Yeah, that yeah, all yeah. That would have been... It just doesn't make sense to me. Like, why didn't we have the same meetings as them where they were encouraged and we were, like, not encouraged? Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. It just triggers me and it makes me really mad because I wish I was there. But it's okay. Same. I want my green Doritos. Uh, Okay. (laughs) My (laughs) in-person half-toros. I want my friends. Okay, guys, this is my high-key rant. Like, we literally... You know what? They need it. We've been so calm and so chill about Corona and all of our other podcasts. We're actually upset, guys. (laughs) Yeah, guys, actually, like... Yeah, obviously in our time capsule on Cinco de Mayo, we snapped. Snapped. So, okay, <laughs> you guys know what book we're using. <laughs> but just in case you don't, Abigail's gonna say it by heart. No, I'm, okay, fine. It's all <laughs> essays on the weekly half Torah portions by the rabbis and professors of Yeshiva University. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. by heart. I <laughs> oh my god, I had to think about it though. I could have done it faster. I think it's okay. I put you on the spot. But yeah, well, who who publishes this, Eliana? Um, Magid. Magid. Oh, yeah, what's Magid? Uh, Magid is under Koran. Oh my god, you're so good at this. Yes. <laughs> Magid is under Koran, and uh, plug Koran, guys. Go go get a copy of this. I don't care where you get it from. Get it from Koran, yeah. get it from eBay, get it from Amazon. Use code Eliana and Abigail, half Torah for 20% off if you yeah think. literally like Words. honestly just request whatever percentage you want maybe they'll listen to you <laughs> but get all your friends all of you come with the same code they're gonna think that there's a real code yeah they're gonna be like why is our system not accepting the code that everyone's using you know it must be real we must have like had a promotion somewhere yeah guys you think a manager is gonna know no just do it <laughs> it's in israel guys <laughs> oh my god um but you guys need it so that you can follow along and like correct our our reading because it's, it's atrocious but somehow you guys just keep listening and we love you for that all, all like four of you we love you <laughs> shout out shout out like legit you guys are awesome for real um, so yeah we- and so for you awesome listeners we're gonna start <laughs> yeah now we'll start because we just took so much time up <laughs> by just talking Huh. Okay. Here, I'll, I'll do it. So this week's is by Rabbi Benjamin Yudin. Yudin. Have you ever heard that name? Yeah, same. 
Um, and so the title is Hefterat Amor, Timing and Upgrades. It's very vague. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. Of the 63 mitzvot found in Parshat Amor, 22 deal with the Kohanan, detailing both the special privileges and responsibilities that accompany being Hashem's representatives. Um, Sefer Vayikra is called Torat Kohanim, and in distinction to... And in distinction to the remainder of the Parshiot in the Sefer, Parshat Emor addresses the character and personal conduct of the Kohanim and the Kohen Gadol, not just in their performance of the Avoda in the Mikdash. Um, the rule of more Kedusha equals more restrictions applies to the Kohanim. Hence, who a Kohen may marry, um, for whom he may make himself Tumat mate, impure due to proximity to a dead body, um, the privilege of eating truma and the restrictions that accompany that privilege are among the many mitzvot found herein. When the Anshe Knesset Hagdalah, the men of the great assembly, needed to select a passage from the prophets that would um, mirror the aspect of the Parsha, they selected Yechezkel, chapter 44. Oh my god! So you, they had not creativity when uh, yeah, we literally the just, They were like, let's just throw some Yechezkel at it. Oh my god. Um, the Haftorah begins on a positive note. It describes a special place of honor that will await the Kohanim, descendants of um, Tzadok Cohen, at the time of the third Beta Mikdash. According to Radak and Malbim, the third Beta Mikdash, as opposed to the second, is the focus of Yechezkel's prophecy, as Yechezkel was a Kohen, and we do not find that he personally returned to Babel, returned from Babel to Eretz Yisrael, but rather he died in Babel, and, and thus was presumably not describing the service in the second temple. Therefore, it is, cl it is clear that Yechezkel's message regarding the Beit HaMikdash is directed toward the future. In the third Beit HaMikdash, um, only the Kohanim who are descendant, only, whoa, sorry, I just lost my place. Only the Kohanim who are descendants of Sadok will officiate in the temple. The other Kohanim's descendants will not offer sacrifice in this third temple due to their having officiated in, idolat in idolatrous practices as we are told earlier in this chapter, in verses which are not included in the Haftorah. Recent, rather, these Kohanim will be demoted in terms of their service um, to these activities that were originally for Levim, such as keepers of the gate and even slaughters of animals, as the services are permissible even to a Yisrael. Huh. Um, honestly, I don't know why I tell you guys this. <laughs> that you can never use the argument of appeal to authority because we have no authority, but I did not know that Yechazka was in Babel. I had no idea. <laughs> I literally just, like, I haven't, I never learned it, like, in depth or anything, and, like, I'm, I'm kind of going through Tanakh now, but, like, whatever. I guess better late than never, but still. Yep. True. I only know the first parak of um, Yechazkel because it's the, like, craziest. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I know that one, too, but I didn't oh, know about him. Well, I did know he was in Bavel, because I'm pretty sure it starts, and it's like, he lived on this river by Bavel. Oh, cool. Or by Israel. I don't remember. I don't remember. Well, I guess by Bavel. <laughs> he saw the chariot. He saw right. God's chariot. That's what I know. Yeah. Okay, so, in contrast, B'nai Tzadok will receive an upgrade in their status. Even the regular Kohanim among them will enjoy certain privileges that resemble those of a Kohen Gadol. The first example of this is regarding the garments that these Kohanim will wear. In Parshat Tetzada, we are taught that regular Kohanim wore garments, one of which, the Avnate, the belt, was of wool and linen. Interestingly, the prohibition of Chatness um, was suspended for Kohanim. In Parshat Acharemo, we learned that only the Kohen Gadol, who upon entering the Kodesh HaKadashim in uh, Anyom Kippur, donned only garments of, of linen. Here in Yechazgal, B'nai Tzadok are rewarded with garments of linen, which are to be worn all year long. While they will not be Kohen 
Kohanim Gadolim, they will enjoy some of the unique privileges afforded to the Kohanim Gadolim. In addition, we are taught the special halacha of hair grooming for B'nai Tzadok. The Talmud in Sanhedrin 22b identifies this special haircut in which the tip of one hair reaches reach the base of the hair adjacent to it, as otherwise unique to the Kohen Gadol. Interesting. The third I area. That hairstyle. Yeah, I, I, I can't <laughs> understand. I don't really know what it is, but I the feel base? like it's, okay. I don't know. I want to learn more about that. Interesting. Okay. I love Sanhedrin. I didn't learn 22b though. Aye. Well, same. The third area in which the Kohanim were afforded special restrictions concerns marriage. While the Torah permits a Kohen to marry a widow and only a Kohen Gadol is limited to marrying a virgin, B'nai Tzadok, who are treated as semi-Kohanim Gadolim, and should preferably marry virgins. Um, if they choose to marry a widow, they can only marry the widow of a Kohen. Of a Kohen. All right. Um, Rav Hirsch, in his commentary on the Haftorah, makes an interesting observation at the end of verse 19. After officiating in the temple, the Kohanim are to remove their priestly garments. This is similar to the command in Acharemo that directs the, Ko- the Kohen Gadol to remove his special white linen garments and leave them in the Mikdash. So too, B'nai Tzadok, upon completion of their daily service, um, are to remove their priestly garments and clothe themselves with other garments, for not with their clothes do they sanctify the people. Whereas Radak explains that the reason for the removal of their garments is to prevent the Kohanim from mingling with the masses while the Kohanim are adorned with their special priestly garments, um, lest they impart holiness to the people solely through priestly garments. Um, Rav Hirsch understands this commandment as indicating that while these garments are crucial and indispensable to validate the temple service, outside the temple, the Kohanim are to be a, temp- are to be a temple in and of themselves. Rav Hirsch writes, whether... Um, wherever they are, outside the temple too, not by their clerical appearance, but by their whole personality, by their whole life, in conduct and deed, by the pure model way in which they live in which they live it, they are to influence the people to live holy lives, and through their example, by no means through their clothes, prepare the basis in which um, prepare the basis in the lives of the people for the realization of these truths and aims which they expressly which they express symbolically by the procedure they conduct in the temple. For the pomp and ornate um, pontifical garb, there is no place in the realm of the divine Torah, but rather the, um, but rather the hypocritical haughty assumption of superior holiness worn on the surface receives the sharpest condemn- condemnation. Um, the Gra in, in Adarad Eliyahu on verse 23 of this Haftorah sees the Kohanim as an integral part of the judicial process in all areas of Jewish life and law. He explains, they shall instruct my people concerning the difference between holy and ordinary. This refers to the Seder Kohanim. Let them inform them of the difference between contaminated and clean. This is in reference to Seder Taharot in verse 24. Concerning a grievance, let let them stand in judgment. This refers to uh, Seder Nazikin. According to my laws, um, they are to adjudicate. It refers to Seder Nashim. My teachings and decrees refer, refers to Seder's rhyme, and my appointed times they are to protect refers to Seder Moed. Thus, the Kohanim is to be a walking Shulchan Aruch, um, a repository of Torah knowledge and embodiment of a Torah personality and character. Interesting. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Sometimes the clothes do not make the man, <laughs> I would say. Or, or here they do. Yeah, but it's not just the clothes. 
<laughs> so sometimes the clothes do kind of make them in. Ugh, you're so funny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why, one may ask, will B'nai Tzadok be afforded this special treatment in the future? The answer explained to Chavetz Chaim is found in the opening verse of the Haftorah. The Navi extols the exemplary service of the Kohanim from the line of Tzadok at a time when the rest of the Jewish community and the other Kohanim were unfortunately involved in idolatrous practices. In fact, the Talmud in Menachot 109a cites the verses immediately prior to the beginning of our Haftorah as a source of the law which states that a Kohen who officiated in an idolatrous service may not officiate and partake in the Avodah in the Mikdash, even if he repents. The loyalty and devotion of B'nai Tzadok particularly highlighted due to the sinful times they were living in and the challenges they faced from external sources, raised their performance of mitzvot to an appreciably higher level. Hence, they merited greater reward in the future. This concept is substa substantiated, substantiated, there we go, by the Yalka Chimoni in Bamidbar. The Medrash there, 773, extols the positive attitude and attachment of, to the land of Israel exhibited by um, Benot Slavchad. As the Mitrish explains, oh, hey, okay, well, that's Yoshua, so. Yes! You get, you get something. That <laughs> was, so, that's great. <laughs> yeah, cool. As the Mitrish explains, a pious, righteous individual who lives in a generation that is wicked receives not only his share of reward, but the reward for the entire generation. Salafchat's swimming against the current, and the tide earned him and his daughters a special reward. Similarly, Noah received not only his own personal reward, but that of the entire generation of the flood. So too, Lot, who demonstrated strength of character in, defi in defying the laws of Sodom, received not only his own due reward, but that of the entire community. Lastly, Avram, who changed the monolithic, idolatrous beliefs of his day and the generation of the dispersed, received the reward of his entire generation. Benot Salavchad, at a time in the desert when that the Jewish nation was calling out, let us appoint a leader and let us return to Egypt, wished to get an inheritance in the land of Israel. As such, they not only wait. No, Slavchad is not in Yoshua. I'm so no. uh, literally for a so second. I was like, wait, what? But then, hold on. What am I thinking that was in Yoshua? Uh, Yericho. No, 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 no. In Yoshua, there are like daughters who want land. Is it Benot Slavchad? Okay, maybe I'm just like Slavchad is definitely in like Torah. Okay, well, you know, I don't know. I'm just, I don't know, guys. Okay, don't roast me. <laughs> okay, I sounded <laughs> dumb last time. <laughs> wait but um wait like where uh, i don't know uh, who's like how do we know that they all got extra reward like for the whole generation you know like true i don't know um okay i mean like it's it's a medrash i guess but like oh whatever that, that's midrashim okay i can't question it okay as such, they not only received their due reward, but also merited that of the entire nation. Along these same lines are Haftor as the loyalty and devotion of B'nai Tzadok to this illustrious list of individuals. The Talmud in Masechet Tamid um, 27a teaches in, the, um, teaches in the name of Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi that in no less than 24 places in scripture are the Kohanim referred to as Levim as well, and the opening verse of our Haftorah is cited as the primary example. In light of the above explanation, it is understandable that the Kohanim of the Tzadok lineage are being praised for following the footsteps of their um, pro progenitor, Levi. It was the entire tribe of Levi that answered, to the call, that answered the call of Moshe, whoever is for Hashem, join me. Um, they were ready, willing, and able to direct their zeal and courage originally used against Shem to execute those who worship the golden calf. 
So too is the tribe of Levi alone who circumcised their sons in the desert during the 40-week trek. 40-year trek. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Um, Levi had the courage to be that um, to be that man in an environment that was bereft of one. Uh, Pirkei Avot. And B'nai Sadok emulated this trait. Moreover, the 24 references to the Kohanim as Levim contain a deep mystical message according to the Zohar. In Parshat Acharemo, the Zohar teaches that Hashem and Gan Eden um, bedecked Chava with 24 adornments. Unfortunately, when the, serpent when the serpent violated Chava, he injected her and mankind with 24 forms of impurity. The Talmud relates our coming to Mount uh, Harsinai purged these relates that uh, coming to uh, Harsinai purged these impurities from our people. Hence, on the night of the Pesach Seder, the Jew can say, had Hashem only brought us to Sinai and not given us the Torah, Dainu, it would have been worthwhile just standing at Sinai. However, 40 days after the revelation, when the Jewish, um, when the Jewish nation worshipped the calf, the golden calf, these 24 impurities returned. It is not by chance, notes the um, Megale Amukot, that the number 24 keeps recurring in reference to Kohanim and Levim. There were 24 gifts, gifts to the Kohanim, 24 um, Mishmarot, uh, geographical districts of the land of Israel from which the Kohanim would rotate and come to officiate the Mikdash, and 24 areas in the Beta Mikdash that the Levim and Kohanim um, stood guard for on a daily basis. These numerous 24 factors serve to fortify the Kohanim and Levim and enable them to safeguard and protect the environment and atmosphere around them. That's very interesting. I like the Zohar um, sprinkle. Yeah, yeah. I see the interest. I'm yeah, just... I like that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, wait, I actually looked it up. Guys, this has been a roller coaster, and you're probably like, you both are so dumb. Yes, Lafchad <laughs> is in Yehoshua, because that's when oh! we land. So I was right. You were right. And there... I never said you were wrong. Yay. No, I mean, well, okay, it was time out by Midbar, because, like, that's when the whole, like, thing happened with Slavchara and his daughters, but the actual, like, them getting the land and Yoshua reminding them, like, that they get Oh, the nice, 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 nice. Yay, okay. That's okay. Right. So, send this off. Oh, my God. Wait, this, you were reading the Zohar, now I get to read the Rambam. Why is this so <gasps> fitting? We got our stuff. <laughs> okay, guys, the Rambam at the end of Hilchot Shemitah V'yovel writes that just as the members of the tribe of Levi distinguish themselves to serve Hashem as their primary vocation, similarly, each and every individual can assume the mantle of Levi and live life as an ambassador of Hashem in this world. Thus, the Haftorah does not only provide a protent for the upgrade of B'nai Tzadok, but it deputizes us to emulate them and to follow the Torah and mitzvot in these most challenging times. Wow, that was such a nice little um, Dvar Torah ending. Yeah, it was very, um, very Dvar Torah. It's cute. Yeah. yeah, I like that. That was a nice, nice Dvar Torah. Nice and short. Yeah, great job to um, Rabbi Benjamin Yudin. For yeah, and of course we could extrapolate this to be about our current times and our struggles and the world and everything. And like, oh yeah, just really like, it's okay to stand out. Be like, you know, you know, guys, like, you're awesome. True. You are. Okay, what's we love you guys. I don't know what I'm doing. Leave a like and comment. Subscribe. <laughs> Yeah, like, comment, subscribe, comment down below, tweet us, hashtag half Torah. Oh, yeah, yeah hashtag Torah. I'm Abigail, I'm Eliana, but I'm Abigail and I'm Eliana. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Love <laughs> you guys. Shabbat. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, that's right. We recorded both of these on Cinco de Mayo if you just came from our last one.
well, yeah, from Kadosh. But we didn't say the date for that one because. Um, oh, we didn't. I thought we said Cinco de Mayo also. Oh, uh, no, I think that was like by the beginning of this one because. Oh, this I was, was like, a long we one. Messed up last week's. Why are we going to tell them that we messed it up? We didn't do <laughs> anything wrong. We're perfect. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Hope you guys are doing good. See yeah, we love you guys. Whenever you decide to listen to us again. Awesome. Bye. Bye. I waved.